Welcome to the DTS Fitness Education Podcast. The aim of the podcast is to give you usable content for you if you're a health and fitness enthusiast or for your clients if you're a health and fitness professional. With different points of view and a little bit of fun, we break down information to give insights that empower and hopefully inspire through a lens of longevity and pain-free living for everyone. So stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to the DTS Fitness Education Podcast. Today on the show, we've got JC Santana. For over 30 years, JC Santana has been raising the bar in the fitness industry. His advanced understanding of biomechanics and conditioning have made him the go-to guy for those interested in reaching their optimal performance levels from individuals to professional sports teams to Fortune 500 companies. As an inspiring and motivational speaker, Santana has been the featured speaker at over 300 major conferences in the fitness industry. He has also authored over 60 DVDs and books in areas of fitness and performance enhancement. So let's have a little listen and stay tuned. Welcome to the DTS Fitness Education Podcast. My name is Ben McDonald and I am here with the man who is like the godfather when it comes to this sort of stuff, JC Santano. How are you, brother? My brother, my brother, I am good. I am here in Florida. I'm a little upset because it's cloudy today. We're still in shorts, but it's cloudy. How dare they, you know? Mess mate, up my day like this. Me flaming heart bleeds for you, mate. It's like <laughs> minus 20 in Toronto. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went well, out with my bare feet. I'm gonna get a bike ride in today, even oh, if it's cloudy. I went out before with my bare feet, and it was like in like about a couple of inches of snow. And my daughter just looked at me and went, "You've been outside barefoot." I said, "Yeah, go outside barefoot." She was like, "You're mental, you know what I mean?" But my feet were cold. <laughs> I think I should be in Florida, mate. I'll be honest with you. You would love it. <laughs> okay, so just a little disclaimer: this potential for a couple of expletives, potential, potential. It depends how passionate you get, do you know what I mean? I'm going to unplug my earphones as well, because then if I start having to jump about, it's no problem, you know what I mean? I'll keep it clean, I promise. <laughs> I don't want to shackle you, my friend, you know what no, I mean? No, 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 I'm, I believe in, you know, if you're in a professional environment, you're in a professional environment. If you and I are in a locker room or out on the woods, we're going to be throwing some bombs. But right yes. here, let's keep it as professional as possible. I like it, my friend. That, that sits well with me. Okay, let's get cracking. Question number one, when it comes to conditioning a beginner, what are your big focuses, JC? Here at IHP, if you ask any of my trainers, what do you do? They'll answer one thing. We reset the barometer of the human will. The first thing I do with a beginner is explain to them that it's not about the exercises. Number one, we're going to tell them, we use exercises to reset the barometer of the human will. So they look at me like, what? Okay, look. So we got to get some exercises and we got to get them down perfect, which means you're going to see a lot of repetition. Okay, but we're not here to entertain you. This is not a movie house. This is not an opera. This is not a fair. This is a gym. And in the gym, we look for perfection. And repetition is the mother of perfection. You understand me? This is my conversation with a beginner. So I don't ever want to hear, are we doing this again? Because the answer is going to be, Yes, yes, and yes. So you're going to be doing the same thing a lot of times. Just like Tiger Woods swung a golf club many times, and most of the time it was identical. Got it? Okay. So if you want to do good lunging and get good legs and get good conditioning, we got to get the learning out of the way. So repetition 
so we can do more. Now, all effort, whether you're doing a bench press, a push-up, a squat, on an aerodyne, whatever, all effort leads to what? Accelerated metabolism. What is that in essence? In the simplest form, and they're, so they're like crazy. They don't know what the hell you're talking about. So I go like this. <sighs> what is this? Because <sighs> you're going to be like that. <laughs> so they're looking at me. This guy's crazy. I go, what does that mean? Metabolism. <sighs> what does that mean? You're suffocating. <laughs> That's why. <sighs> okay. Now, there's two things you can't do to an animal. You can't burn them and you can't suffocate them. They'll jump off out of buildings. They'll jump over cliffs. They'll shoot themselves in the head. They're not experiencing that. Okay. You have chosen to come into a gym. Everything that happens in the gym is voluntary suffocation because you end up without oxygen. <laughs> now, that's a stimulus for a challenge. It's called stress. It's a primal trigger. It's no difference than losing a loved one, losing a job, not having enough money. It's a stress. Okay? So you're going to hear, no matter what, you're going to hear, relax your face. So when you relax your face, what I want you to do is exactly that. I will never give you something that you can't do. I'll give you something that you have to work for, but never, ever anything that you can't do. You want to know why? Because your trust in me is my biggest currency in this relationship, and I will never violate that. So when I tell you 10, it's because you've got 10 in the bank. Trust me. So if you trust me, you're not going to start drama at number eight. Why? Because the last time you felt this, you vomited. The last time you felt this, you couldn't walk for a day. So what are you doing? You're processing your current experience with past garbage. What does that do? That sabotages this and any future benefit. So we have a saying. The past casts a shadow on the present to ensure the future will not change. That means when you process what's happening now with old garbage, you never change, you never evolve. So we're gonna use every set as an opportunity to deal with stress without drama. And relax your face is a simple exercise you can do to not let the stress of the moment <laughs> retract some bad stuff from it and make you quit or make you think that things are going to be terrible. And this doesn't help anyways. So I kind of get them ready for what is really a spiritual evolution stimulated through physical movement. It's no different than religious disciplines that use suffering or pain as a mode of transcendence. So if you look at old, old things, everything from meditation to fasting to total body suspensions that was done, the sun god dance and all this stuff, all that was suffering. And you had to go beyond the suffering to transcend to a higher being. Dude, curls, squats, aerodynes, it's the same thing. And if you can get somebody into the present moment, just breathe. One more breath, one more, that's all you knew. One more breath, one more breath. You do, let's say 30, 40 sets. You do 300 reps per workout, maybe and you do that three times, you're practicing present moment awareness and relaxing your face and neutralizing, neutralizing stimulus. You don't love it, you don't hate it. It's not good, it's not bad, it just is. And you stay in that present moment, 
you practice that a thousand times, 900 times a week, and you tell me you're going to be the same individual, I don't think so. You know why, why I know? Because they'll come back and say, you know what? You know, Carlos, you're crazy, man. You got into my head. This, this is what a housewife will tell you. I was in traffic the other day, and little Johnny's back there with a fever. He's hollering, and this guy cuts me off. And normally, I would have given him the bird. That guy shoots me two birds. <laughs> and all I could think about was you saying, relax your face. Relax your face. You know what I did? I relaxed my face, and I just kept going. He goes, it's crazy, but this stuff works. <laughs> when, when people start telling you that, and your fighters tell you, coach, I was in that third round, man. Take down. And I couldn't breathe anymore. And I looked at the clock and it was 2.54. I said, oh man, I got two six in. I got two minutes left. Oh, this is just the circuit back at IHP. No problems. Relax your face. Just keep going. What your clients tell you is that in different stressful moments, the experience that they have here, the system that we have here, and the teachings that we have here come through and that's what we train them for. We don't train them to get better in a gym. We train them to get better out there at practice. We train people for practice. We don't even train them for sports. The practice trains them for sports. We train mom. We don't train mom to pick up boxes. That's not what she does. She's a mom. She has to put up with crying kids. She has to put up with demanding husbands or husbands demanding wives. They have to put up with demands, with different stresses. That's what we train them for. We just use squats, aerodynes, burpees to stimulate that, that thing in them. And we want to accredit this to fiber typing. Oh, yeah, we're working on fast twitch fibers. Oh, yeah, we increased VO2. Oh, you know what we did? We pushed their lactate threshold to the right. That's all BS, man. That's all BS. Because none of that determines success in sports. If VO2 determined the Tour de France, just measure VO2 and give the trophy to the highest VO2. No, there's a lot of things that go into the Tour de France. You see what I'm saying? I see what you say, my mate. Flipping it, there's a lot to unpack there, brother. <laughs> so my, my, my beginning trainer, we don't have the, the tour conversation. We don't have the skinfold conversation. They're not here for skinfold. They ask for skinfold because they think it's going to give them an answer to another question that they haven't asked because they haven't been educated to ask. Nobody comes in here and says, you know what? I want to be 11% body fat. They'll come and ask for that, but not because they're educated, because that's what they're trained to ask for. Mm. They saw something in men's health. Oh, this actor went from 23% to 11%. Oh, shoot, I want to look like that. 11% it is. Hey, Carlos, I want this. They don't want that. <laughs> they want perhaps the love, the acceptance, the attention that they think they will get if they can look like that with their shirt off at the beach that's what they're after. Yeah. That feeling of acceptance. I'm somebody I'm wanted as a sexy person. I'm wanted by the other sex. Even if I'm married, I just want to know that I'm attractive and I don't want to take my wife's uh, word for it. I don't want to take my husband's word for it. I want to hear it from somebody else. That's a neutral judge. Doesn't mean I'm going to cheat on anybody. I just, I want that affirmation. I want that confirmation that I am that. Okay. That's what you're after. So they come in asking for one thing when they really need another. Nobody wants to do the dieting for 11% body fat. Nobody wants to do that, but they stay here for seven years without getting the 11%. So I ask you, 
how set were they on 11%? They weren't that set because why are they here still at 13, 14 or 17%? And they think we are the stuff. They bring their spouses, they bring their children, they bring their, ah, everybody. They think we are gods. And they're no closer to 11% today than they were seven years ago. That's the conversation you have with a beginner. Every, what do trainers talk about? Well, today, well, I have a hypertrophy program that's going to be here. And what we want to do is we want to add muscle mass while reducing fat, blah, blah, diarrhea of the mouth. And, and you know what? None of that happens. Then we lie to them. We have the woman, the woman who weighs 145 pounds. She wants to weigh 127, 130. She weighs 145. The trainer gets her. She's working out three days a week. So she thinks she can eat everything because she's working out. She's active. She's not tight on the diet. Three weeks later, four weeks later, she's 147. Oh, shoot. She's 147. And the trainer tells her this. Yeah, but we got skinfold and you've gained five pounds of muscle and lost three pounds of fat. So, of course, you've gained two pounds. It's two pounds of muscle. Man, so you mean to tell me this woman at 145 without even testosterone in her body gained five pounds of muscle in one month. And we got bodybuilders doing drugs that will kill a horse to try to get five pounds of muscle in a year. It's absolute hogwash. And we hear it all the time. And that woman doesn't last with that trainer because the training is based on lies. The assessment is based on lies because we never had that conversation that you go a lot to unpack. The reason that woman came in here was not 127, was not 130. There was a lot to unpack on that. Yeah. How are you going to keep her here if you don't unpack the reason she came in here? I like that, mate. I like that. So with a beginner, the big focus has got to be, before you even start to get into the conditioning aspect, I suppose it's more a mental process and finding out exactly why they're there and gaining the trust, as you say, is the, is the biggest currency that, that you sort of deal with. Obviously, it's the question, what brings you here? Oh, I want to get fit. Okay, let's get you fit. Yeah. You don't even know what fit means, bro. You listened, but you didn't really try to understand because fit, of course I know what you're fit. We're going to be fit. Let's go burpees, ropes, airlines, versa climbers. You're going to be fit. You don't know what fit means. Maybe fit means get rid of my back pain. Maybe fit means get into size 32 pants. Maybe fit means uh, run a 5K for charity without dying. Maybe fit means play uh, basketball with my son. You don't know what fit means. I think if you got to add, uh, if you had to add two words, two words to that, I want to be fit. The two words have got to be for what? You know what I mean? <laughs> I ask a different question. If you were fit, what would happen that's not happening now? Nice. If you were fit, how would you feel that you're not feeling? What would you feel that you're not feeling now? Now they may come to you and talk about the divorce. Oh, I'm separated. Oh, I've been divorced. Now they're single. It's a different ballgame. It's a different world. Maybe fit means their neighbor died at 47 and left three children. And that happened two weeks ago. And this guy's scared. He's 45. He sees himself in that reflection. He don't want that to happen to him. So you got to understand what fit is and let them tell you what would happen if you were fit that's not happening now. What would you feel 
if you were fit that you don't feel now, and maybe, maybe they'll tell you more of the truth than the generic stuff that they came in here with. So once that happens, here's the conditioning. Simple. It's simple. It's some leg exercises, some push exercises, some back exercises, some core exercises, and it don't matter what they are as long as you don't hurt them. They can't feel any pain. There can't be any pressure. This has to feel good and be easy. Why? Because volume is your best friend at the beginning. And if it's simple and they can do a lot of them, you get them sweating, you get a movement. What's more simple than walking? But you're not going to pay somebody a hundred bucks an hour so they can look at you walk. So it's got to be as simple as walking with an upward progression to get them to the point where they're a little stronger to be able to play their golf and do their tennis because you don't need to be that strong to do that. There's a couple of things. As a company, we sort of talk about fitness being the only physical skill or the only physical skill learned where we completely skip the fundamentals. So as you said earlier, where it's like people come in, they talk about, are we doing this again? Yes, because you have to get a solid foundation in place because advanced skills are the basics mastered. Do you see what I mean? When you go and you learn to play the piano, they don't give you the flaming Beethoven's fifth concerto as soon as you walk in and say, hey, away you go. You've got to learn where your fingers go. How do your wrists sit? This chord is here. This chord is here. Same with uh, sort of in the gym. You know what I mean? So you've got to crush the scales. Exactly. And no serious musician has ever said, to, to a, a piano teacher, I'm tired of scales. <laughs> well, are you kidding me? Well, you, you know what? If you're tired now, you're going to be dead in about six months because it's just <laughs> going to get worse. <laughs> so the, the biggest thing, man, is to try to be the first fitness professional and be the first gym that this person's ever been in that has talked about anything other than skin fold and measurements and everything. As soon as you start talking to them about what we just talked about, they're going to go, this is a different person and this is a different place. Yeah. If they're really, really ready for a change in their life and they need help, which they do, that's why they came in here. They're going to gravitate to you and they're going to go, okay, this is the coach for me. Yeah. Because I've never heard this from anybody. That creates that trust. That creates that, that, okay, they're here for me. I'm going to listen to them and they're responsive to me. So I'm going to trust them and it's back and forth. Once you get that going, what does it matter if you do lunges or step-ups? What does it matter if you do squats or deadlifts? What does it matter if you do leg presses or walking lunges? You know what I want to do? I want to do the easiest thing. So if leg press is the easiest thing, because I don't have to teach this person, I tried to get him to squat just so I could see how he moves, and it's just horrendous. I'm not going to go into, no, you got to learn how to squat because of fundamental biomotor skill, blah, blah, blah. No. All right. No problems. Here we go. I'm going to put you in a very comfortable machine. We're going to get a little leg strength. And don't worry, these squats, they're going to clean up. Give me two or three weeks. They're coming. Your body's just not used to them. And why? You don't squat. No problems. Let's do a little bit of leg lift here, little uh, leg press there. Let's do a little sit up here. Let's do a little reaching lunges that's a lot easier to do. And let's get you moving. You'll feel awesome. How does that sound? Let's get you a little sweaty, get you familiar with the environment. You're going to burn calories now. We're going to get into a little lifestyle thing. Talk about nutrition from a different perspective. We ain't going to talk about four calories, two carbohydrates, none of that. 
we're going to talk about nutrition like fighting. I'm not going to prepare you with a black belt in Shotokan karate and tell you you got self-defense for Afghanistan desert. No jujitsu armbar. No. It's boom. Mouth over the face, 17 stabs in the throat. It's a different self-defense, baby. We're going to talk about nutrition like that. Real world stuff. Screwing up. Going to that wedding and getting drunk and having cake. What happens now? How do you prepare for that if it's possible? Okay, you prepared for it and it went worse than you thought it was. <laughs> more cake and more alcohol than you anticipated. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Here's how you deal with it on Sunday. And here's how we're good by Tuesday. It's a different thing. Yeah, so think- once you start approaching things from a real practical, organic standpoint, people go, okay, this guy here is for real. Yeah, I think if you look at things through a filter where these people have come to see you and they have been unsuccessful with health and fitness. That's why they've come to see you a lot of the time, especially when we talk about trainers and coaches, especially in like big box gyms. You don't need to tell them how unsuccessful they are because they already know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, let's make them successful. Let's give them the wins, you know, early wins. And then we can sort of, uh, you know, approach some, uh, some more challenging stuff. I am, I'm always looking at, did I see this? Or is there one more layer that I got to peel to get to the bigger truth? Yeah. Okay. They have not been successful in their health and fitness, but peel one layer more. Yeah. They have not been successful in organizing their lives so they can take care of themselves. Yeah. That's a bigger issue because it, it only, of course, affects health and fitness. They're at your place, overweight, high blood pressure, the whole bit. But what is that doing to their relationship? What is that doing to their self-esteem? Yeah. What is that doing in their work? You know what I'm saying? So when you connect with them at the layer below health and fitness, like I understand, look, man, I've been there too. I'm still there because I'm a busy guy. And sometimes I don't take care of myself. I'm 10 pounds over what I want to be. And I don't feel good. And things hurt. And why is that? you got to understand why that is and start taking little steps to organize your life. Organize your life and it's going to feel a lot better. When somebody talks like that to that person coming in, they go, this dude feels me. Yeah. He's not coming at me from health and fitness. This dude understands he feels me. So when you, when you talk to that whole person and say, I understand the deeper issues and we're going to get to that deeper issues and don't worry, the health and fitness will come naturally. That's what I'm here for. But let's tackle a little bit deeper issues like your sleep, like waking up, like yeah. making date time with your wife. Yeah. One, one day a week, one day every two weeks, but it's her time. If you organize your life like that, you will organize your life to eat when you need to eat to take the walk. It's not about lunges with 20 pound dumbbells. It's can you partition your life and get your life a little bit more, a little bit more balanced. Mm. And when you talk to somebody like that, it's at a deeper level. Yeah. It's that connection aspect, you know, remember trading one guy and he said to me, he was a big lad and he was an old cage fighter. It must've been, he's like, I think at the time he was about 50 or something like that. And he looks at me and he said, Ben, do you know why I like training with you? I said, why is that, mate? He said, because you can do a bit and look like you can't. 
Yeah. And it just was like, that's <laughs> it. Hey, thanks a lot, mate, I think. You know what I mean? It's like flaming brutal. That's how it goes. I think that's uh, connecting with somebody on a fundamental level. And like you say, peeling an extra layer off and getting, finding out about that person and showing how you can make a contribution or a deposit into their health bank account rather than a withdrawal absolutely all the time is golden. And one of the key things that we, um, that we focus on, and it sort of flips the script a little bit, AJC, is um, I did a presentation on breathing. For, you know, just the fundamentals, like very low-hanging through how you can take somebody from being like stressed out into like a, a more of a relaxed state. Yeah. I said, if you've got a client who comes in and they've just five minutes late, they've had to drop the kids off, it's rushing about to get ready, they come out, they're stressed. If you flip the script and say, we're going to work on breathing for a few minutes before we go into the whatever it is that we're going to be doing today, you have made a contribution to their life. They can take that away and integrate it into the life because the gym should make you better at life, not better at the gym, if that sort of makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It's like... So when you were saying making a contribution, I'm going to make a contribution to their life energy, to their life energy. The fitness and health is a byproduct. Yes. So when you make a contribution, you make a contribution to that person's life energy, to their spirit, to their whole essence. And yes, we're going to do the airdyne. We'll get to the burpees. (laughs) That's not mandatory right now. Right now, what I want you to do is, you know, for example, do you think you can breathe five times, three or four times a day? I said, if you want a kind of a patterns, three up, two hold, five out. You know, so it's a little slow. It's like one, two, three, hold, two, out, two, three, four, five. Five times. Put it on your thing. Three, four, five times. I guarantee you, it'll change you. Can we start with that? Okay, can we start with two a day? Low-lying fruit. Yeah. You teach them how to do that. When you're stressed out in traffic, put the tongue at the roof of your mouth and three in, two hold, five out. Give me five. You can do it in the car. You can do it on a commercial. You can do it before you go to sleep. Nothing better. Nothing better before you go to sleep than that three, two, five. And I don't care if it's three, two, five, four, one, seven. I don't care. <laughs> Up slow, hold for a little bit and out even slower. That's it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really care. But you start getting people into a routine and into a, a present moment of awareness. I've got a present moment awareness technique that I use, which is 20 seconds, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. So you just sit at the edge of the bed or on a, at your porch or, or outside, you stand outside in your car and you just look at the garage, whatever, wherever you're at. And it's 20 seconds. Look, just look at things. Do not identify with them. So you're not looking at colors. You're not looking at a straight or a square or a circle. You're looking and you're not gonna, you're not gonna say, oh, that's a car. You're not gonna say that's blue and you're not gonna say that's a line. You're just gonna look at the figures with no judgment for 20 seconds. Then you're going to hear for 20 seconds. Look and hear. You're going to hear everything. See if you can hear the current going through the transmission line. See if you can hear the AC turn on. See if you can hear birds, but you're not identifying anything you hear. You're just hearing sounds, where you're hearing them from. 20 seconds. And then the last 20 seconds, what do you feel? Feel the pressure of your seat on your butt. Feel the pressure of the shoes on your feet. Feel the wind. Is the AC coming from the right or from the left? Feel the heat of the sun. 
feel, just feel. Dude, that zeroes you in. The people who taught me that do, do that for like five minutes each one. I kind of shorten it down so I don't turn people into yogis, but you're still able to bring the technique, you know, and let them kind of do what they want with it. One minute, most people will try it for 20 seconds, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. If they like it, if that's their personality, then they do a minute, 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 two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, and I don't really care if you do one minute, two minutes, and three minutes. I don't really care. As long as that gets you into the present moment. No judgment, no nothing. Look, hear, feel. 20, 20, 20. Just little techniques like that, man. And I take this overweight dude that's stressed out, calm him down. That's the beginning of a beginning conditioning. That's what you do. You got to set the stage for the conditioning. I like that, mate. So that was question number one. <laughs> Next show. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Boom. <laughs> we, got seven, we got seven shows scheduled because we had seven questions. All right. That's brilliant. That's fantastic, mate. No, I think like, mate, this is like, if we get to them, we get to them. If we don't get to them, we don't get to them. That's back. how it goes. I come, come back, back and we kill it. That's it. And do you know what? Anybody who's listening to this on the podcast, you have to go to the YouTube channel and watch it. JC just like, he's doing all these faces, he's doing all these actions and stuff. You've got to watch it. You can't just listen to it. <laughs> okay, number two. Uh, what are your key markers and go-to assessments in each phase of conditioning, my friend? None. Nothing. I don't have markers because... We were just talking about this before the podcast with a program that I'm doing now. I've got a delegation from China here that I'm teaching. And all of this new stuff that I'm changing over in the last three months, it has to do with this, are markers. For example, a 1RM. That's a marker. Yeah. And it's, and it's the most general marker and most accepted marker in strength. What is your 1RM? Okay. The 1RM is based on a maximum effort of an exercise. And I don't care if it's a functional exercise or a traditional exercise. As soon as you start talking about one RMs or any RM for that matter, it's repetition max. Max training is always associated with more because how do you know it's a good mark? How do you know if you're evaluating up or down? By the numbers. Nobody wants to evaluate down. Everybody wants to evaluate up. So what are we doing? Always in search of a higher 1RM. And all the training is based on that. Let's stick with, with weight training, okay? Markers of, of strength. That whole essence is under the assumption that the stronger you are, the better you function. And we've already discounted that. Because the best functioning animals in every genre are never the strongest people in a gym. There you have it. <laughs> None of the Jamaican women or men on their sprint team are squatting three, 400 pounds. And if they are, it is because of the Western world. It's because of the U.S. domination of strength and conditioning. They're being indoctrinated. Remember, they were world champions before, before all that came in. And if you saw the workouts that they were doing, rusted dumbbells doing some lunges and stuff like that. Basically, they weren't doing anything. Okay, what about LeBron James? Go to YouTube and put LeBron James kneeling on stability ball, and you'll see what they have LeBron James doing. 
kneeling on a stability ball, holding a pair of kettlebells, balancing a pair of kettlebells on top of those kettlebells. <laughs> so people see that and it's like, I want to be a good basketball player. Let's kneel on a stability ball. What does that tell you? If my marker with, with uh, LeBron James was how much he could bench, how much he could squat, how much he could clean, and how much he could do all these 1RM things, I would have killed LeBron James already. What has saved LeBron James? Because if you look at LeBron James, he's not injured a whole lot. And he plays pretty hard. And he's a big guy. You want to know why? Because they got him doing some stupid training whose whole purpose and real value is keeping him away from the abusive training. It's not that kneeling on a stability ball is functional training. You know damn well that's not. That's Cirque du Soleil BS. But it's keeping him from doing deadlifts with 400 pounds, keeping him from doing squats and then experimenting with different squat lifts. And, you know, if you don't go deep, if you don't go to the well, if you don't go to the floor, blah, 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 blah. Or if you don't do 400, well, how do you value that LeBron James is getting stronger? Well, last year he was squatting 300 pounds. He's squatting 330 now. Yeah, is he playing any better? No, but we all know that the stronger he is, the better he is. No, we don't know that. Jordan never did any of that. So you tell me, how come we're abusing people based on evaluations that are abusive because one RMs are abusive in their own nature? How come training that's based on abuse, such as one RM, and valued on abuse, how come that kind of training predictably makes injured people, people with less of a career or shorter careers, and you look at the elites in what we're trying to accomplish, and none of them do that. So explain to me, how are we doing this? How are we saying, okay, I want those attributes, Michael Jordan, Pippen, Colby, I want those attributes. Okay, let's do the stuff that people who are really good at this stuff, they suck at these attributes. But let's do that training so we can get these other attributes. That's insane. That to me is insane. The stronger the people are, the less they jump, the less they move, the less everything, the more hurt they get. And it's because we have strengthened so beyond what we need. We need to strengthen people and evaluate them on practice, but we don't. We strengthen them and evaluate them by their performance in a gym. And that's never ending. And it's only in one direction. More weight, more weight, more weight, 1RM, 1RM, 1RM. It's never, hey, man, you, so you mean you can do more now with half the work? That's never celebrated. Yeah. But, but he's not getting better. Yeah, but we're, we're getting stronger. He's not getting better because he's not strong enough. Let's get him stronger. So more pressure on knees and hips and back and, and necks and everything. Look at Harrison from the Steelers with his 700-pound hip thrust. Really, bro? Your career, ever since you started doing this heavy training, your career has gone down the tubes. Now, you can make the argument it's because he's getting older, but what if you didn't abuse your body? Instead of saying, well, maybe, maybe I overshot the mark. Maybe bring it down a little bit. Do hypertrophy. We'll do some time under tension so you don't have to do it with 300 pounds. Now you can do the same work with 180. Your muscles see three tons of work, but your joints see 180 pounds. Yeah. It doesn't see 300. Get big enough, strong enough where you can run, and now work on your agility work on your positioning, work on your speed, and rest, baby, so you can recover. That's not seen that way. 
and the evaluations that we have in just about everything are abusive in nature. My evaluation is, have you missed a day of practice because you're injured from overuse? No. How do you feel? Awesome. How are you sleeping? Great. How are you performing? Fantastic. I've made every practice and I'm at the top. Are you swimming faster? Are you running faster? Or are you not losing any speed? If we're doing half as much in the gym, I should be celebrated. I should get a raise. <laughs> but that's not the way it's looked at. So my evaluation is practice. How do you feel? How is practice going? And then, of course, if practice is going well, then I would say 95% chance the sport is doing well. Yeah. So and if it, it is not, it's other factors. You know, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. So because actually, if practice is going well and the guy's getting divorced and he's heartbroken, then maybe the season sucks. Yeah, maybe it's not but the it's best not, time. But it's not practice. Yeah, it's not practice and not to train. So outside of those, we train for practice. Yeah. We don't train for gym evaluations. That is the mistake. Because then you curb the training to get you better evaluations. And what you're training is not evaluations. You're training to improve practice. That's where chunking occurs, and that's where elite people become elite in practice. Yeah. I like it, mate. I like it. So, in essence, the assessment is the practice. In essence, yes. How do you feel? How do you feel? How's practice going? Yeah. Cool. I like it, my man. I like it. Okay. What are your top tips for trading the average client around their lives? Relax the face. Oh, around their lives? Around their lives, yeah. So if they can't make it to the gym, you mean? Yeah, so I mean, what are the considerations that you make, let's say, because uh, like everybody has a life. Do you know right. what I mean? As you said a minute ago, if you've got somebody who's training, like an elite athlete, let's say, uh, but they're going through a divorce. So people have lives, you know what I mean? And as we said a little earlier, sometimes people work in a gym to get better at the gym. Whereas instead of working at the gym to get them better in the in the life outside of the gym. Do you see what I mean? Right. So I would okay. you train somebody around their life. Well, I train them for their life then. Nice. Okay. It's easy. How do I do that? All right. So let's say that I have, I'm training a housewife and part of the thing is she's had kind of a bad back, but it's really not a bad back is my back hurts because if I pick up my kid 20 times and I'm not in condition, my back is not going to be stable and I may have some disc issues or whatever, strained uh, muscles, ligament strained, whatever. So I'm going, all right, this woman just needs to be in good condition. Enough to work around the house, go to the mall, pick up the kid, done deal. So we're doing some burpees or some or, or, uh, Versa climber or some um, dumbbell carry around the gym. So we give her 10 kilos, uh, 7 kilo dumbbells, and she holds them like she's carrying a baby like this, and she's walking, 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 walking. And I'll walk with her. I said, all right, you're carrying the baby. You're at the mall. Okay, it's raining. He's tired. You got stuff in your hands and you're carrying him. He's, let's go. You got to go. You're not going to be the type of mom that puts him down to take a rest. You got 50 meters to the car. You're going. Let's go. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. She puts the dumbbells down. I go, now he's at the house. He's tired. Mommy, mommy, mommy. You got to pick him up. Here is a, a sandbag that weighs 26 pounds, 30 pounds. Your kid weighs 20 pounds. Pick him up. Like now, right now, 10 times. Use your legs. Use your, it's not hunch your back like a camel. Use your legs the way I taught you. Pick them up. Easy. E, there you go. There. So what, are, what am I doing? I'm walking her 
through her nightmares. I'm walking her through the stuff that I'm preparing her for. So yeah, I always tell trainers, take your clients to the event, to the thing when you're in IHP. And I tell them, you're not doing dumbbell carries, you're carrying your kid. So mentally, I need you carrying your kid. When you're starting off the blocks here, I need you to see the water underneath your feet. You're starting off the blocks. You're in the hydro squat and you're gonna blow through there. I need, it's a start, it's not an exercise. You're not here, you're in the pool. I need you to take there, take you there. Why? Because what I'm teaching you is how to inject yourself with a little adrenaline. That's a skill. Why? Because you got to psych yourself up here. You got to be there. You got to feel it. Boom. The adrenals hit you. Now you're ready to go. I need that. So you can get to your adrenals. You can get to your sympathetic and drive it when you want. And then bring it down. Bring your parasympathetic up. Like in between rounds. In the middle of a, of a fight. I need you to calm. Okay. The discussion with your husband's over. Calm down. Right now. Breathe. Relax your face. Calm down. Breathe and, and teach them how to do this to the sympathetic and parasympathetic. And I don't even talk to them about that. There's no way they can calm down and their sympathetic jack up. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. As soon as they calm down, you see the parasympathetic will, will do this. I need them to be in control of that shift. So when I'm training at IHP, I try to get that mind in the house, in the cage, in the football field wherever the thing is going down. You'll know it's happening because they'll tell you, dude, this thing happened to me and bro, you were in my head. All I could hear was your voice. You'll, they'll tell you, they'll tell you, man, I was in this situation and dude, you were here. That's when you go, okay, I'm doing my job. Mate, do you know what? We, th- we have almost the exact same word for word conversation with the guys who on DTS level one Almost exactly the same. We talk about uh, farmers' carries. We talk about farmers' walks. And we have a, a car seat that we drop a kettlebell in. And then it's like, okay, so you're going to be the kid's mum. Out you come. And they pick the car seat up and it's like, right, we're going to go up the stairs. Oh, you got to get the kid out of the car. Don't wake the kid up. You know what I mean? It's just like exactly the same sort of thought process. So that means that you and I have found a principle. What's a principle? It's a natural universal law. It's a truth. It's, it's an inherent truth that people will get to automatically, whether they've talked about it or not, whether they're in the same field or not, whether they're in the same country or not. It's just universal truths. So that is a universal truth of preparation. Because what you're trying to do has already been shown in psychology worlds to work. It's called repeated exposure. That's how they cure phobias. So if you're scared of a, uh, of a spider, they don't put a spider in your head to cure it. So, you know, they first say the word, then they show you a picture, then they show you a spider far away, then they show a spider in a cage, and then they show a spider on the table. And little by little, you're exposing yourself to that stimulus until you desensitize yourself to that. Well, what you're doing is you're showing this mom or whoever a repeated exposure to a stress and you're saying, relate this stress to this stress. Yeah. And relax your face when you're doing it. You ain't here. You're here. And see, there is no problem. Because you're carrying this kid easy, 50 meters. Not only this kid, you're carrying this kid plus 10 kilos. No problem. <laughs> so they're like, 
Shit, no problem. If it's raining and my kid needs to be picked up, I'll pick up my husband. I don't care. <laughs> you know? <laughs> ah, that's brilliant, mate. I love it. I love it. Okay. Here's another good one for you, my friend. Here's another good one. Yes. Okay. Let's see what you got to say about this. What are your thoughts on going hard in the paint? So training somebody like absolutely to the point of physical complete failure. Never. I don't, I don't ever do it. I don't ever do that. Ever. If you're doing that, you have missed the progression. Say I want you to get to level 10, some arbitrary level 10. Okay. But let's say that your level 10 is really level number eight. I can't get you to level 10. You're not capable of doing it. I'm not even going to get you to level eight because your level eight is that pain that, ah, right? No. <laughs> what do I do? Your maximum is not even eight. Your maximum is seven. So let's go to seven. Okay, that's your maximum? Yeah, that's my maximum. I know it's not. We go, okay, what if I tell you that your limit, what appears to be a concrete wall, a brick wall, what if I tell you that it's not a brick wall? Maybe it's a curtain. Maybe, just maybe. Can you contemplate that? They're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, okay, look, let's go to seven again. Touch the curtain. Let's touch that concrete wall. Let's see if it's a concrete wall or if it's a curtain. So they go to seven again, and they touch the curtain, and it gives a little bit. Oh, well, wait a minute. Seven's not my max. I, seven and a half. Okay, good. And then seven and a half. Seven and a half becomes eight. Eight become, but I'm always getting, putting, pushing them there to what is really, they're probably 80%. To them, it's 100. Yeah. But it's only 80. So I let them explore their way to number 10 through progression. So nobody should ever throw up, ever. I prohibit throwing up here. And if you make one of my people throw up, I, and you're one of my trainers, you're going to have a bad conversation with me. You're not going to be happy because you missed progression. How did you miss that? Yeah. Now things happen every once in a while. Somebody kind of lies to you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Blah, you know. Okay. Sometimes the client is more responsible because they didn't even know. Okay. But I don't remember the last time somebody threw up at IHP. I'm telling you, I don't remember the last time. You know, we are a place of MMA, and Jeff Munson, give me a, you know, give me the bucket. I go, no, no, no. I'm not getting you nothing. Okay. If you're gonna throw up, get out, go outside. So I'm, we made throwing up something that was bad here something that yeah. was no you're not doing that you're not honoring this place throwing up that's for the alley you go out there and throw up you don't come in here throw up not even in a bucket no we're not doing that that's not who we are yeah so you can get them to 10 your job as a coach is get them to 100 never letting them experience 100 always 95 always 90 always 88 that's okay 88 becomes 90 95 but it's always 88 to them it's always eight yeah so when they finish doing the impossible they look at you and they go they're like okay i'm not, I'm not dying no repeated exposure so no i don't subscribe to rms in any way shape or form nice i like that mate i like that we had a conversation about how in in the uh, in combat sport in a the combat sport world then it's like, we're going to grind you. We're going to, every single training session, we're going to grind you. It's like, mate, you don't need to do that. You know what I mean? That's why fighters don't reach the flaming event because they like, you ground them into the dirt for X amount of time, you know? That's, that's prehistoric stuff. And I mean, if you want to bang the testosterone and be prehistoric, that's fine. We're not a cave. We're, we're a high performance center. Yeah. 
You know, we push the envelope on this stuff. We're, 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 not, we're not sledgehammer people. We're, that's not what we do, bro. We're, we're not Neanderthals. And nobody's better than us. I mean, we trained the SEAL Team 6 that, that was responsible for Saddam and Bin Laden and the, you know, Somali pirates. I mean, bad guys have been in this place. Bad dudes, you know? We train the best. We train them to touch the curtain. We don't train them to eat the curtain, to <laughs> bash their head against concrete walls. No, no, no. Dude, just touch the curtain. Every time you touch the curtain, it gives a little bit, and I'm good with that little bit. In time, that little bit turns to a lot. How much do we need? Do you need a fighter to go to five rounds? No, you need him to go three rounds. Yeah. So train him for three rounds. That's it. I like it's it, man. Never, it's never one RM. It's never max dominated. It's what you think your max is. In other words, nobody just collapses in the octagon. Nobody. What happens is they're feeling something. We call it fatigue. And they make up their mind. There's a negotiation that goes on. Okay. And anybody who's ran the 400 meter knows the second turn. Before the second turn, you got to decide if you want to reinvest in yourself again, reinvest in the race and pull that last turn of those and that last 100, or if you're going to go, you know what? Second place is not that bad. <laughs> or you know what? Third place. Oh, you know what? I finished fifth and I think I can finish fourth and break my PR. That's good enough for me. There's a negotiation that goes on. Okay. In the octagon is the same thing. Everybody can go harder, but there's a negotiation that is that, pain is that unknown of harder do i want to feel that or uh do uh am i willing right now to just i don't want to be there i i I don't want to feel it i don't want to do that so i'm going to put myself in a compromised position we've all seen it i'm gonna let this guy take my back i'm gonna fight it a little bit i'm gonna fight it a little bit and sooner or later i'm gonna let him sneak in and and tap we've seen people give up when they've had more so it's not a function of creating more. It's a function of being willing to access more. Oh, I like it. And that, and, and that is a spiritual issue. That is a choice that, that's made at the real deep spiritual level. And then it brings, comes up to the psychological level, which is the one that creates the calculation. Okay, what's an honorable way to go out? I know I'm not going to win. So now I'm just going to go out honorably. That's the psychological. The one that tells the psychology, start calculating because I'm not going anymore. What is that? That's the human will. Yeah. No, I'm no longer willing to continue. Yeah. You figure out how you save my ass. Okay? <laughs> save my ego. So the calculation is going to be like this. I'm going to go for the takedown. I'm going to kind of relax and let this guy take my back. And then I'm going to roll. And then I'm going to, and then I'm, it's, it's done. I can get out of here. I can tap. I, I'm not beat up. I'm not, I'm out. I've seen that in fighting. I see that in racing, especially, yeah, especially in sprints or, or basically the long distance sprints, the 200, especially the 400 and 800. Ooh, you can see that there. You can see that in the mile, but it takes longer. And the 400, you can see it in 20 seconds, bro. At about the 25-second mark, you see, oh, here it is. And you can just see who's quitting. You can just see. I like it. I'll tell you what what we've got to do. What we've got to do is, so for the people who are listening to this, JC has got uh, like a curtain 
that he holds up and it's got bricks. It's got a brick print on it. So he says to his, to his guys, is this the wall or is this a curtain? And that's why he's saying when you reach out and touch the curtain, does it move? Does it give? I think that is brilliant. So if you get the chance, watch this. Like you have to watch it because there's some stuff going on where you're like, yes. But it's a curtain that people can touch and be like, oh, you see, it gives a little bit. It's not a solid wall. Do you see what I mean? And I think as a visual, that is powerful, mate. I yeah, really man. like it. And the SEAL Team 6 guys, when they were here, is coach, are we touching the curtain today? <laughs> are we, because it's, it's not long. You don't have to live in the curtain. You don't have to go in. You don't have to drape the curtain around. It's just touch it. If you're on the Versa Climber, it may mean the difference between 130 feet and 135. You're not going to die. It's just going to measure. It's going to measure your transcendence, your ability to be okay with this feeling and not give into it. You, you don't need to love it. You don't want to hate it. Because when you love it, you have already made an enemy. When you make a friend, you've already made the enemy. When you love it, you've already created something that you hate, which is the polar opposite. Yeah. So you can't love pain and you can't hate pain. You can't fear pain and you can't be attracted to pain. You have to neutralize it. As a matter of fact, you can't even have a name for it. Because once you say, I'm not feeling pain, bingo, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like yeah. When you meditate, trying to push things out of your mind. People who meditate will tell you, as soon as you start clearing your mind, you've already lost in meditation. The meditation is an acceptance. If something comes in, you don't push it out. You don't welcome it. Nothing. You observe it and you let it pass by like a parade. Boom. There. And that's, the, that's that present moment. That's the thing. Jesus, you can apply it to somebody running you off the road, giving you a finger, or somebody getting there late, or whatever other things we have. A, a check bouncing. Ooh, ah, it's not the end of the world. Okay? You pay the late fees and we're going again. Relax your face. That's Relax your face. Relax your face, mate. All right. <laughs> Relax your face. <laughs> touch Relax your face and touch the curtain, baby. That's it. That's it, my man. Okay, so, JC... What has been happening with you? What's been going on in your world, brother? In the last uh, four months, uh, since July, we updated all of the certifications on IHP University. So we have done three levels and four other certifications in English and in Spanish. So for four months, not only have I traveled to Peru, to Ecuador, to Colombia, to China, and to different places, but we have done probably some like eight different certifications in English and Spanish with manuals, slides, the whole bit. So I'm a little tired. <laughs> I'm a little tired. And but, for, um, anybody, I, for anybody listening, we're going to have all the links to the IHP stuff, like all the, the links to the, uh, to the website, to the courses, is going to be in the course description. So what else has been going on? That's the number one thing. We wanted to get our educational IHP university and an IHP pro shop. We wanted to get everything digitized because we understand that this is the world of, of digital media. So all of our old um, books, all are now, instead of $54 hard copy, now they're like 19 bucks digital. Boom, so you can download them. Hey, you want to give them to a friend? Go ahead, give them to a friend. Before you couldn't give them to a friend. Now you can give them to a friend. 
Would I like your friend buying stuff too? Yeah, but you know what? If you give them my book, maybe they like it. Maybe they visit the website. I'm cool, bro. I'm cool there. Uh, we wanted to get all the online, all the certifications are online. So we wanted to get that. And we wanted to, to get all the examinations online with pro, uh, professional professors, you know, online. And so it's awesome. So now everything is digitized in English and in Spanish. We, our IHP Pro Shop is all digitized. So that, that was it. So what I want to do now is I'm working on a software that will allow people to train per the two books that I just published with Human Kinetics. Functional Training for uh, Sports and JC's Transformation. We got 470 exercises we're uploading to this program. And we have over 200 programs that you'll, the trainers will be ready to go. And so they'll be able to make their own programs. They'll be able to insert new exercises if they like. But it allowed trainers to train the way we train. Nice. You know? So that's my 2020 project. That's what we have going on right this minute. Finishing up the last of the certifications. I got one more to go and we're done for 2020. And the, the program. The program I'm very excited about. Because... There's no program in our industry that does what ours will do. That's fantastic, mate. I will look forward to that one, brother. Yeah, yeah we're going will... to have a lot of fun, man. I, I got to tell you, I, w I went to Asia and South America for 10 years. The last time I was busy on the, on the tour with Perform Better and with um, NSCA and IDEA and all these things that I was doing was 2008, 2007. But when 2008 rolled around and the economy got tough, Europe, was hard. It was awesome because it was the euro was one point eight dollars. So I started in Europe. From Europe, I went to Asia and then South America. So I became international, but I didn't do anything online. I didn't do anything on uh, social media for ten years. So I come back. Brett Contreras has you know a hundred thousand followers, and I'm like, uh, what do I have? Well, six thousand. I go, well, we got to change that. So people haven't heard of me. The new generation trainer. Remember when I left. They were, if it's 27 now, they were 17. So they've gone 10 years. They don't know who JC Santana is because I've been traveling. So now I'm back. So now they hear <laughs> podcasts like this and they go, who is this dude, right? <laughs> so I tell them, baby, I'm the dirt you walk on. That's who I am. You know, all these little stability ball, all those proprioceptively enriched phrases that you use and unstable services. Remember all that? You know all that? Yeah. Vern Gambetta, Michael Clark, Gary Gray, Gray Cook, and I, and, and uh, Mike Boyle, we did that back in the 97, 98 range. And some of these guys were doing it before that. That's not new. We're the ones who did that. You see that stability ball? I'm the one that put that thing on the map. You see these bands? They're not called JC bands for nothing. <laughs> I put them on the map in 1997. No, nobody was doing band training before then. I'm still at 60. I'm st I still have enough energy where I can go on social media and I'm banging that every day because I got a 28-year-old son that loves to do that. That's his specialty. So these people are going to know about me. And I'm telling you this right now. All the old guys that are my age, they're kind of tired. They don't want to travel. They, none of them want to travel to China. None of them are going to China. I will go to China two, three times a year. I will go to Argentina. Nine hours don't bother me. I will go to Sao Paulo. I will go. The gauntlet is getting well and truly thrown down there. Like. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. All these boys, pack a lunch because it's going to be a long day with me. And I'm, a good, and I'm a good debater 
and I'm a good presenter. I ain't, I ain't playing this humble shit. I'm really good at this. <laughs> I may not be the best, but I'm damn good. It's going to be a long day to come up with me, baby. Well, I can, I, I can tell you that uh, I think we did half an hour before we even started the po- recording the Flaming <laughs> Podcast, you know what I mean? And we're still going now. All right, mate. All right. So, the last question, and this is potentially the most important question of the entire podcast. Are you ready for this, JC? Bring it, baby. Okay. Who would win a confrontation between a great white shark and a saltwater croc, and why? Great white shark. Great white shark. Why? Apex predator. Apex predator. Look it up. Look it up. (laughs) Saltwater crocodiles have... A couple of predators above them. The, salt, the, the great whites are one of them. Nice. I don't know what the answer is, mate. I, you know what I mean? That's why great I'm asking you. All the way. I'm, uh, that, dude, Carcarian Carcarius. I know the phylum. I know the name. <laughs> Come on. I, I'm, a, I'm a shark fanatic. I'm having it. I'll tell you what. If you start banging Latin out and all that, I am having it, mate. That's got to be legit. Carcarian Carcarius. That is the great white phylum, scientific phylum and family name. Carcaridon <laughs> megalodon is its predecessor that they think exists but does not probably does not I'm, I don't know but probably does not they got some bad monsters still today Big Blue was seen again Big Blue was the one that the girl was swimming with off of Hawaii yeah it made the YouTube rounds this thing is like a bus man it's, it's like 20 feet so I know I'm telling you right now saltwater crocodile you better stay in the rivers and you better stay there because if you come out to the ocean, you don't stand a friggin' chance. <laughs> you don't stand a friggin' chance, man. Mate, mate, you, you throw it. I tell you what, you're throwing the cat amongst the pigeons, lad. You know what I mean? You're like oh, mixing it up. I like wildlife and two things horses on land and sharks in the water. I'm your boy. <laughs> nice. I'll remember that for future reference then. <laughs> <laughs> mate. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. It has My been friend, an bro. absolute epic. And we here's, here's, a little, here's a little one for everybody listening. We're going to get JC back for another series. I don't even think it's going to be a question. I think I'll just give you one question and just let you go, mate. You know okay, what I mean? Roll, baby. We're going to talk about, you know what? I'm very passionate about the personal training industry. Not only the industry. I have a very good hold on the industry. Numbers, statistics up to 2026. I can tell you the labor statistics numbers, but more importantly, the PT career. Career, because it's evolving. We haven't even established the career. The career is only about 35 years old. This is going to be a full new one, my man. So JC is going to be back, going to be back talking about the career, the PT career. But we're going to finish this one. Mate, thank you very much for being on the show. And I'm going to finish this one with a... Go JC Santana! <laughs> that was the DTS Fitness Education Podcast. You can follow us on social media or visit us at dtsfitnesseducation.com for more knowledge applied. Remember, there's a new episode weekly. So thanks for listening and go DTS Fitness Education!